0: You're listening to The Staff Room Podcast with Che and Pav. We talk casually yet poignantly about the most relevant topics in teaching today.
1: So come on and chat with us because we love to engage in great conversation.
0: Welcome to episode 64 of the Staff Room Podcast. Today, we are talking about getting creative with our learning spaces. We've had lots of changes happen in our classrooms, especially the spaces and the way that our spaces are designed this year. So we want to dive into a little bit more of a conversation of what we're doing with those spaces today. But before we can get into that conversation, I should probably introduce myself. My name is Pav Wander, and I have a co-host. He sits next to me, and he usually introduces himself.
1: My old man used to tell me before he left this crummy world, never chase buses on the Staff Room podcast. Because you always get left behind.
0: You're getting good with those sound effects.
1: And my name's Jay <laughs> Hurricane Chaney. And yes, I am getting a little bit more masterful mm. with the roadcaster, the computer, the audio jack, the iTunes. You're
0: and- getting comfortable. You're getting very comfortable. We need to throw more challenges your way, I think.
1: I do not need to be
0: challenged. <laughs> You're doing Put quite well. Put down
1: that white glove. It is not needed. <laughs> oh, not a duel. Just a challenge. Not, not oh, a sorry. Uh, Pav, how are you? I'm doing great, Che. How are you? I'm great. Ready for this episode? Very ready. I'm very relaxed because last week's episode was. Uh...
0: It was a little intense. It was, uh, you know, that uh, high. High in anxiety? No, not really high anxiety, but it was it was up there in terms of just making sure that we covered what we wanted to say. We
1: wanted to make sure we hit our marks. Yeah, we're open for further discussion. Yes, and didn't sound like two gym guys. <laughs> <I'm> d- yeah, <laughs> <laughs> and and the reviews. Not that they're movie reviews, not like it's Cisco and Ebert telling us about Staff Room Podcasts.
0: I remember those too.
1: But the feedback on uh, that episode did exactly what we really wanted it to do. We wanted to create a space of dialogue and conversation and rich back and forth and a place where people didn't feel that we were telling them what everything was. Merely our experiences, our reflections, the things we looked up, and our own personal extensions, and we worked our definition a little differently, and we came with our extensions of what everything meant, and it has funneled such rich conversation. I don't necessarily say it's our best episode, but in terms of online reaction and comment and feedback and side chats and side messages and whatsapps and boxer shots and boxer shots are like that <laughs> well it's friday night that's a I'm game having, that's having, a game <laughs> we should play <laughs> i'm having a boxer shot pardon me you heard me you boxer <laughs> shot. um just rich rich dialogue and conversation and as a podcaster and and sort of telling a story and hitting a spot it, it, it hit the mark. It did what we wanted it to do. We wanted to have rich conversation, and we got it.
0: Now, I I know that most of you who are listening right now, if you haven't actually listened to the previous episode, episode 63, you've probably already gone back to your episode list to see what it was. But uh, we will also let you know it was about toxic positivity. And and it can be a little bit of a sensitive topic for a lot of people, um, especially um, those that might have been accused of it. You know, I don't know. I or think have that, felt victim to or, it. Or have fell victim to it. Yes, exactly. And so it's one of those situations. Like, Che and I have been on both sides of that, you know, and so rather than becoming you know supremely defensive about you know being uh, accused of it or have fallen victim to it, um, we have we have done a lot of reflection and this th- that episode took us months to actually get out, which is very rare for us because we've been known to pump out a few episodes just in an hour, you know, so from start to finish. Uh, and so this this uh, this episode was a little bit, Uh, different for us so it required a lot of thinking it did require a lot of research it required us to really formulate a working definition of what we thought it meant and and we extended it to our our lives as educators and what it looks like in our buildings what it could look like in our buildings and how it affects us on more of a personal level so um, it was it was increasingly very impactful for us So
1: episode 64.
0: Let's get into it.
1: We're talking about uh, creative spaces and sort of, um, not necessarily how to create creative spaces, but how to be creative to get beyond a space where we maybe were feeling bottled in or we didn't know how to expand and think differently in the spaces we've had and the one of the reasons it sort of brought this uh, episode up was I've got very casual in my new space, mm-hmm. which has come to expand into the hallway. And so the other morning our, our custodian came up to me and go, Che, yeah, like, um, are you going to move that stuff that's been laying in the hallway for, for a couple of days? I, I, I want to mop the floor. Mm-hmm. I said, oh, I said, like, oh. like, sorry, John, I got a little casual. Uh, I, I, I stopped picking things up off the halfway floor now. I just yeah. consume it as, consider it my whole space. Nice. And then we had this conversation because I know the things you've done and your wild rides of where you've ended up in a space where we've taken non-traditional spaces and made them our learning spaces. Mm-hmm. And so that conversation with my custodian said, oh, Pat, this is what we could talk about this week and we won't get in any trouble.
0: <laughs> no, no trouble this week. No. Um, yes, you're absolutely right. Uh, you know, that, that idea of getting very casual with our spaces or cavalier with the the space that we have, we've almost been a little bit spoiled because, uh, you know, as we entered this school year, it was very much, oh, how am I going to function in a non-traditional classroom setting? You know, for those of you who know, um, and those of you who don't know, uh, I am in the gymnasium. That is my, that is my classroom to accommodate for the, number of students that I have, that was the only space in the school where I could put my class of 26 students, uh, safely distance from one another and, uh, and, and be able to learn in that space. So it was very challenging in the beginning, you know, thinking to myself, how am I going to do this? This, this is an impossible space to work in. And now, you know, two and a half months into the school year, three months into the school year, I'm like, I, I don't know how I'm going to move back into a classroom.
1: You did. You, you texted me the other day and you were like, I, I I don't ever want to go back into a room.
0: No, because, and- it, you know, the, the challenges are still there. There are plenty of challenges, but the what I've gained from having all of this extra space is just... Uh, incredible incredible and what i could do with a space of this size this caliber without the limitations of uh, social distancing and physical distancing would be all mind-blowing and mind-blowing and i know i'll never have that chance again so i really want to make the most of it this
1: year i've had um you have had multiple changes, and you've also had a career of multiple changes. Mm-hmm. Me, change is totally new, so I've taught grade 8 almost my entire life. I've taught in the same classroom, which was had been 17 years, and I moved from a very big space, a very robust sp- space, and a space in which I took a lot of pride and ownership in. And I can tell you now that I've left the space, I, I had created... Uh, a gaming station with an old TV and an old Sega Genesis. And I had these nice little chairs and and it was just a great chill area. And I had a chill area where I had a sofa and a lovely chair and and, uh, coffee tables and students could relax there. And I had a working bench and stools and kids could have maker spaces there. And I had a maker space and I had an art station where kids could just dive into resources. I had a little mini stage at the front of the room. I had so many great spaces in my room that were so conducive for for teaching and learning and I always took pride in students not necessarily and maybe I grew into this to not necessarily looked forward to coming to school because I was there but because they wanted to be in the space that the space was just as valuable as the teacher and you know we've talked about the room being the third teacher mm-hmm. and I've always articulated when you When you maximize your space, you're almost co-teaching with your space, with your room. Mm -hmm. And I got very comfortable in those things. And then I moved this year. And then with COVID, a lot of those things, one, I moved to a smaller space. So most of that stuff is gone. COVID made a lot of those things not feasible. And so I reinvented myself in a tiny little room with desks separated. And as the year got on, and I know we're only four months in, but built a little bit of confidence similar to you. I was a little um, apprehensive about the space and thinking I was in such a great situation. How am I going to do this now? And then I just started to take little things and and modify them a little bit and and took some ideas and became very creative in trying to create a room that I didn't think was feasible to create all those luxuries I had downstairs in that big, huge space and all those things. And I tried to duplicate them, but evolve them. and, And I started to think beyond just my walls because Pav, you know, in our in our areas there's a big decline in physical enrollment. And so upstairs in my hallway, it's me and my classroom and thirteen kids this year. Mm-hmm. In a hallway that would have been four classrooms and 140 kids, mm-hmm. and so we have no access to the locker So that just means this is this is wall space for me now, right? Because I, I never need to worry about kids getting in and out of those lockers. I never need to worry about disrupting another class because there's no one else up there. Yeah. And now all of a sudden, I had this huge horseshoe of space and I don't need to worry about infringing on well would another teacher want this like can I block these windows off to do this craft because what would another teacher say I don't even need to worry about this Mm -hmm. and so I've just taken the room to be it's now my room is now the room and this huge hallway which I'm mindful enough to go down and close the doors but it's really not it's really not to block out the sound it's really a way of telling everyone else don't come up here. here.
0: <laughs> this is my zone. This is the Chaney hallway. The wing, the Chaney wing. I like that. Ooh. <laughs> the Chaney wing.
1: <laughs> Signs are being printed and laminated on Monday morning. Uh, but Pav, why don't we get back to you? Yeah. And maybe talk a little bit about some of the things, the, the great spaces you've created uh, in your space and I'll come back and maybe share a couple of mine and then uh, maybe get to a three light minutes guest if we have one maybe. or we might need another We trip from a pirate
0: <laughs> yes that could work out really well um so I've kind of gone in the opposite direction. So I've gone into a very traditional classroom to a very vast space. And as you were speaking, you know, you've made use of your hallway space, which has been really great for you. Um, I'm finding a very similar situation now where I used to have a very small and confined classroom traditionally, and uh, wall space was always limited. So, you know, it was always if I needed to display work or put up some anchor charts that we developed, uh, you know, during a lesson or whatever, I'd have to take something down in order to put something up. And that became work. And so we often got very lazy and just didn't do it. And so, uh, a lot of the time, the stuff that I meant and, and I wanted to put up in the, in the classroom space as part of the third teacher, you know, that, that is a very important concept and I've always tried to live up to that became very difficult, but that I don't find I have this year because I've got a giant gymnasium so I can put things up and not ever worry about having to take them down. So since the beginning of the school year, we've been putting up our work and displaying the things that we've done in the class, even if it's just discussions and there's post-it notes sticking up on chart paper. We we put those things up so that we can always look at them, refer back to them, and it's always a, a display of, of some of the really rich thinking that we've done in our classroom space. So it's not really always necessarily there for us to look at, to say, Oh, what was that reference point that I, let me go check on that. It's more of a way to, to remind ourselves that we've done lots of really great things in this room. And, um, And I feel like we can leave it up and not have that pressure to take it down and put up something new because there's lots of wall space.
1: I've I've got to cut you off because we've never talked about this, Yeah, but I've got it written down here that, that... my room and the space is now, it's a timeline for the entire year because right. nothing is ever coming down. So yeah. when you said that, my first thought was, that's the last time I leave my notes out on the coffee table.
0: <laughs> no, and, that thought just popped into my head as you were speaking.
1: And then I had i had to cut you off as you said that because we've yeah. never referenced that. But no. I was thinking the same thing. Nothing is coming down this year. No, it Every- doesn't need to sticky notes that are on the board from September are still there because I've got them going everywhere. That's right. That was such a great point. Sorry for cutting you off because I know I throw you off, but...
0: Oh, when do you ever cut me off? That's a new one.
1: I don't have a history of cutting you off. (laughs) I want to hear some data that indicates that I've been known to cut you off.
0: You know, everything that we've ever said to each other has been archived on some sort of recording. So I'm sure somebody out there could go and... uh, do some tally marks.
1: Alex is already on it. I know.
0: That's exactly who I was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sorry to interrupt, Pat. That's all back, right. Go back up. to
1: you. Just such a valuable point and such a yeah. great takeaway. How often do you as teachers yeah. get to just build everything up? It's almost like the digital world in the physical world. That's
0: right. And and so that's why, I, you know, that's one of those reasons why I feel so spoiled with this space because how can I ever go back to a, limited, a classroom where my wall space is limited? I love having all of this space to continue to put things up. And speaking of putting things up, and I know you're going to talk about this in a little bit, Um, we've put up uh spots in our gym to use for specific areas. And and even though the gym is one big rectangular space, we've developed these uh quote unquote rooms throughout the gym. So we have our photo studio. We call it the photo studio. All it is is just some white paper up on the wall that we use to take pictures against. Um but we call that the photo studio. So when I say okay guys so we're gonna take turns going into the photo studio today to take some pictures All the kids know what I'm talking about and they know that it's a room in our house. And so we love that feeling of the community of the home, right? This is our space. Um, we've, uh, we just today actually, because we have a couple of green screen activities that we hope to be able to put together in the next couple of weeks, um, we've, we just put up our green room. So we, we put up the green, uh, the green chart paper up on the wall and we set up our green room and the kids are very excited about the green room. They even selected, you know, which wall do you think works best for our green room? Well, we got to go with this wall. It's kind of away from the door. So there's not going to be a lot of noise, um, Um, so they're thinking about this, they're, they're starting to make this space their own. And, uh, you know, the last point that I wanted to make before I throw it back to you, Che is, uh, is this idea of flexible seating. This has been a huge challenge for us because we have to maintain distance in the classroom, but, um, I'm in a gym that is usually sectioned off uh, half and half for, you know, if you wanted to throw up your divider wall in the middle. Um, But I use the entire space. So I have all my desks that are set up in one half of the gym, and the back half of the gym is actually empty. And so a lot of students, um, you know, when it comes to working on, tasks, whether they are independent tasks or I have them working in a group task, will ask, you know, can I, can I go sit in the back or can I go sit in the open space at the back? And it's sort of away from everybody else. And so I have a couple of people working in one corner and they're, even if they're sitting, you know, uh, physically distanced from one another, they have enough space to work together, but secluded from everybody else in the classroom. So that, that is really nice. So it's almost like having flexible seating in the space. We've got benches in the back, and so they make use of the benches. They put their their Chromebooks on top of the bench. They sit on the floor, and they, they're they kind of away from everybody else. And it's, it's a different way of sitting rather than being at a desk all day long. So they really enjoy having that option. And also, because our stage is in the gymnasium, uh, and it has a wall that sections off from the rest of the space, as well, as well as a curtain um you can actually go up on the stage and it's a quiet working area and i am so so lucky to have three adults in the room with me in the morning and two in the afternoon so it's three of us in the morning two in the afternoon so if i needed to send a group onto the stage i could send uh one of the other adults in the space um or i could be that person and go up and just take a small group to go work on something you know with a little bit of quiet and uh, a little bit, you know, away from everybody else if they need that quiet working space. And so, you know, I feel so ble- I feel so blessed after two months of trying to adjust to this new space, to have this opportunity to really use the space to my full advantage. and and it, for something that made me so anxious and so apprehensive at the beginning, I don't know how I'm ever gonna go back to a traditional classroom after this.
1: You just became gym girl.
0: Gym girl. I was always gym girl, by the way.
1: This is true. A mm-hmm. um, couple uh great nuggets from uh, from what you were saying, and it reminded me... Oh, Sorry. careful now. This this I should have control of everything. <laughs> <laughs> you already do. Complete control. <laughs> um, the Ontario government had a great document on your space mm-hmm. and creating a space, and when you're talking... It reminded me of this one quote that we had talked about before as we were getting ready is, is this quote, quote, a classroom that is functioning successful as a third teacher will be responsive to the children's interests, provide opportunities for children to make their thinking visible, and then foster further learning and engagement, end quote. And uh, that's in that Ontario document for uh, learning spaces, and it reminded me of, of the things you're talking about. And I love that visible component because we just talked about that. All, all the learning is going to be visible. And visible, I call it honoring it. You're honoring that student work where it's not just something that ends up, you know, in a, a tang. And not that there's anything wrong with it in a tang, But there's power in seeing your work up. My students know when they go off for lunch that the hot glue gun is coming out. And Mr. Jean is going to start putting stuff everywhere. And on a little side tip, teachers, do not waste your time with tape or sticky tack, or glue sticks, hot glue gun, everything. <laughs> um, it works magnificently. And so, but there's a, even at the age of 13 or 14, they don't want to talk about it, but they know when they go out for lunch that Mr. Teen is going to put something somewhere. Everything's going to go on display. There's a good, that work is going to be honored and it's going to be flying down the hallway. And now the entire hallway in my particular case has such value. There's such vibrancy. And you talked about that flexible seating. I had a similar incident where I asked my custodian if I could take out a few chairs and benches randomly from rooms that are locked and closed and put them scattered throughout the hallway. So kids now ask almost instantaneously, oh, can I go work on the hallway? To the point that there's almost never anyone in the room. (laughs) That's always nice. and, 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 And similar to you, we've defined some spaces. So we are running a virtual or um morning time announcement using the google classroom
0: Mm -hmm, i love that
1: and so to start we did it in the back of the room and then we ventured in the hallway and then we made ourselves a little studio Mm -hmm. out there in the hallway and i got some chart paper and i got some background for it and so we designed a little studio and it didn't have to be expensive or have all the right tools i use an old beaten up school desk probably from 1954 there's a milk crate on top of that, which I hot glued some cardboard on top of that that puts the Chromebook that lines up perfectly straight. I've then taken flipped over chart paper. It's taped all over the wall, but it's not taped hot glue gun, but it's going to be there permanently. Mm-hmm. And then the students just roll through. And so we never need to move anything. The, studio's, the studio is ready for morning announcements all the time. It's been fantastic. You go 10 feet down and there's this huge green screen panel, top to bottom and all the lockers taking up about 20 of them. Never would have had that space. No. Continue walking down. I now have an entire panel of lockers that would have been for two classes. Now is my math wall. And it's my math problem solving wall. Where it's just in the middle, it says math, obviously a little title page. And then students have all these quotes around it about what math problem solving is. And then we've posted our work in process math problem solving spaced out along this wall so kids can explore and work on it. And you talk about flexible seating while they're standing up, they're rotating mm-hmm. around the space, they're mm-hmm. not crammed on top of each other. Then at the end of the hallway with these beautiful windows, this is, this is reserved. This mm-hmm. is TikTok space.
0: Oh, TikTok Space. This is TikTok Space. I remember those windows the, right outside you of my do. classroom.
1: Bright in the morning. Beautiful. They love them. It's like this, hey, Mr. Chang, we're going down the end of the hallway. It's it's we know what this means. It's prime lighting. TikTok. Yeah. We're making some TikToks. <laughs> um and so and, and when you were talking about Europe things, we talked about space. Also, we think we wanted to reference is that the simplicity of it all mm-hmm. uh, and the luxury of the environment in which we're in. We're sort of taking things that weren't available before and just turning them into different things. We're using our chart paper for to make green screens, to make backdrops. For uh, I have my photo studio in the back corner of my room where yeah. it's the chart paper flipped over so it's white, set up with a little tripod. And all of a sudden it's it's when you designate a space and you don't need to alter it, it becomes cemented in the class culture, that third teacher. I have a photography studio. Yeah. And so when we do photography as a particular art class, yes, but because we never take it down... Students in other activities, when we were getting ready for our empathy assembly, oh, Mr. Chain, can I just, can I do a double exposure? There's no setup to get right. the double exposure ready. We already have the space. Yeah. And so, once when I was in this small little room at the beginning of the year and yeah. trying to manufacture, because I do have a small little green screen corner in my room, but it's like one sheet of paper, like it's one student can sit on one bench and we can capture it. But once I got comfortable to just say, let's take ownership of this hallway, let's have stools and benches and chairs and designate areas, all of a sudden, None of your spaces, the work doesn't need to come down, but your workspaces don't need to come down either. And it's just been fantastic for student growth, student excitement. And so you eliminate a barrier to creation with our students. We think about when you're in the online world, every, if I think about my podcast, our podcast, sorry, it's the tongue. (laughs) My podcast. And if you you think that comment won't be forgotten, ladies and gentlemen. Never. Please please check on Twitter tomorrow morning how this Mm -hmm. post-episode conversation (laughs) went. Um, Once, if you go online, for every click to find a podcast, it's a click that you lose a vast percentage of people. I'm not going to click on a web page, scroll seven clicks down, go over to another tab, ask a friend, Charlie, who might have the code to get to the podcast. No, you're not listening. And the same is, is I feel, true in our classrooms. The more barriers we can take away, the more obstacles we can take away to shooting a green screen video, or taking a photography, or having an announcement space, or having a TikTok space, or having a, a already made available space for math problem solving is an obstacle that... It, because it's not there, students just quickly step in. They're never going to add, they're never going to be limited to shoot a video, like to make a math talk with a green screen, because it's already there. They don't even really need to ask me for anything, that everything is available. So we've made great creative uh, enhancements of our spaces, and really taken advantage of this year, of this blank canvas, to sort of just think differently with our surroundings. And the hallway's no longer just a hallway. The gym's no longer just a big, awkward space where I have to scream to teach. Oh, well, I still
0: have to scream to teach, yeah. I know. <laughs> but but I am, I am very uh, pleased that I have a voice that projects. So it's not really a problem for me. Uh, it's a problem for my students. So I spend a lot of time zigzagging, playing Frogger through all of the desks in the classroom to get to each student so that I can hear what they're saying because they just don't want to project their voice. It's so funny when they're outside, you can hear them from a mile away, but as soon as they're inside the classroom... What? Can you repeat that? Sorry, one more time? So... That's what I have to deal with. Kids are getting really, really, really good at repeating themselves thoroughly through, uh, throughout the day. So uh, that's that's still a challenge for me. But yeah, you're absolutely right. There are so many different uh, ways that we are being super creative with our space. And um, yeah, I, I don't know. Uh, Say that again. There's, there's so no, many. No, 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 no,
1: not that part. The I don't know part. I don't know. Oh, that sounded great. I'd never hear that from you.
0: Me? I say I don't know all the time. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs>
1: I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this, is, this is a perfect segment, perfect, perfect time for our three enlightened minutes break.
0: Oh, okay. So, uh, do we want to have pirate teacher come back, or
1: I, I don't know if we need to have pirate teacher come back? But this is typically the point where we go into our three and light minutes, and we're going to come back with a little wrap up and a swag bag.
0: So we can do a three and light minutes.
1: Arr, there be timey! <laughs> I've been working on my here literacy, and I feel a lot better with my writing and reading. Oh boy! So I can give him a letter that says you, you be walking a plank. <laughs>
0: You know, I don't understand a thing you say when you're a pirate.
1: It, it, the first part of that scene was entirely true. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> and I think that's good enough for our return of the uh, pirate, because I can feel my throat getting a little raspy. I feel almost like Teddy Pendergrass. Oh, I'm Teddy! D- I could almost sing, but I sang Billy Paul, and I still haven't recovered from that.
0: No, that was a, that was a tough uh, tough thing for you to do, but you did it really well.
1: Yeah. So let's just wrap this one up. I yeah, think yeah, I think it's been so. Good conversation. Uh, I've only repeated myself seven times.
0: No, no, you haven't. And I mean, there's there's a lot that we can talk about about how we've used our spaces. I, I think the point that we're trying to get across is that we've we've made really good use of our newfound space, and uh, that we're doing a lot of really cool, creative things with it. And if I think about what else can I do, what am I missing? I am still missing a little bit more flexible seating in my space I am still missing um you know working spaces spaces where my students can go to actively work on something so that's something that I'm I'm continuing to work on like we have ample wall space I'd like to be able to put up some some work on the walls that students when they feel like going and adding to it They can just continue to go and you know what, you know, I need a little brain break. Let me go over to this wall and just continue to work on this poster that I've started. Um, I'm still kind of in my head trying to work out how to do that and create a zone for students to go to, to take a mental break. Um, so I feel like that is missing this little mindfulness space in my, in my classroom I feel like that is missing where you know the students will students will get up I have a snack room I have a snack room <laughs> we've call it the kitchen so we have a little area where all of the snacks go and if you need to take a break my students know that they can eat whenever they want to because that's what we do and uh when we when we need to go and grab a snack just quietly go grab a snack from the snack space have your snack wherever you want to have it uh, make sure the trash goes where it needs to go and then just come back and continue with the learning so we've got a lot of zones figured out in our big space we're still trying to work on that mindfulness so when i'm thinking about where i want to go next what i want to try and establish in our home in in school that's that's where i'd like to go
1: i like that mindfulness because it reminded me as i was saying what we do before we get the swag bag i'd like to you know Put on record what I want to try to do Mm -hmm. in this space to make it even more personalized and rather than being this boring gray hallway that's already starting to come to life, already starting to become a natural extension of the class. I won't even say that. It is the class in the hallway is we have all these wonderful uh, square cubed windows Mm-hmm. And normally they'd be untouchable because you wouldn't have any ownership over them. Mm-hmm. But I did a little bit of counting, and the gym guy can count up to 13. Oh. And there's 13 of them. So uh, my next extension is actually to do an art activity about uh, with stained glass windows. Oh. So we're going to measure it up and make stained glass with, you, with use um, that's just a combination that's of sweet. tissue paper already into windows. Oh. Wish wishes You see how that's I did that? That's a new word. Uh, but if girls, <laughs> um, we're going to make stained glass windows. And so I'm making this connection to mass shapes, stained glass windows. They're going to fit in each of those cubes. And so all of a sudden, and the sun comes through those windows beautifully oh. in the morning. And so a space that would be untouched or unthought of, or no one thought was sort of theirs to, to, to use that's my so when you talk about wellness and this is for me is a connection to art math stained glass windows or wishes, mm-hmm. wishes, wish and and going from there and that was sort of that's my next plan to use that space to know that i'm going to do something with that space that hasn't been done in the 20 years i've been there
0: i like that so much that is so exciting and and it gives me ideas as well so i love this conversation we didn't really talk much about this with each other
1: before ready for a little swag bag
0: Yes. Can I finish my sentence? Yes. <laughs> but if girls. <else?
1: laughs>
0: so we didn't have this conversation before today. So it was really nice to be able to come up with these ideas and uh, and develop something that we want to try further. And it gives us so many different um, thoughts about what we'd like to try
1: next. It's a good tra- change because last one we, we were really on point with everything we wanted to say and and went over it. And this one was more of a, just a reflection on what's going on. We had our topic and we went with it. And I think our key swag bag is one, the idea that we can take away the obstacles to our space that when we think create, not even want to to think creatively now that we have this opportunity for us to really expand our spaces. The one thing we've learned is that now I can use my room as like a timeline for the year Nothing needs to come down. And I think that second swag bag is just being really comfortable sort of taking things, taking items, taking spaces that we now have the luxury of taking some ownership of and really creating these wonderful rich spaces that our students no longer have barriers. And this is a real blessing for us this year. One of those unseen blessings in September that have come through. I don't know, Pab. You want to throw something else, but in that swag bag.
0: No, that's you covered everything really well, and um, you know it's a different time, different place, and uh, we're doing the best that we can. And I think that there's some really rich learning that's coming out of it uh, for the students and also for the teachers as well. We're really learning how to adapt to our spaces, adapt to our new learning environments, and make the most of it, and even make it dare I say, better than it was before. And uh, who would have thought that that was something that could have happened this year?
1: No better way to end that episode than on that. Thank you so much for joining us in the Staff Room Podcast. If you really like the messages we're sharing and the anecdotes we're sharing, please share our podcast with a friend. We would love that. And please also
0: remember that we are Codebreaker Ambassadors. Codebreaker is...
1: If you want to write a book and you got an idea, yeah. no better place to go than Code America
0: We are also part of the Teach Better Team podcast network, so please find us there. Check us out and check us check out. Some of the other amazing podcasts that are featured on that network.
1: Team podcast is stacked. Oh yeah, with great podcasts on the Teach Better Team. We are also with School Rubric. Where you can find us on our new live stream show, Office Hours, at the moment, bi-weekly on every Tuesday, but I think soon to be weekly. Weekly, did you say? On Tuesdays. And we cannot forget our bread and butter, because we are education's only teacher, live drive, radio, music-inspired DJs on The Drive. Featured
0: on Voice Ed Radio on Sunday evenings, 8.30 p.m. Eastern Time to 10 p.m. Eastern Time, taking us out of the weekend and right back
1: into the work week. Everyone, thank you so much for joining us on the Staff Room Podcast, Episode 64. We will see you next week.